This will be a long one. It's a Valor episode. <laughs> it's a Valor episode written and directed by Robert C. Cooper. Oh, We're going to be here for four fucking hours. <laughs> I'm not just a writer, guys. I'm an executive producer, a story editor, and a director. And have I got some goodies I've for you? I've also with... got acting credits, Matthew. Guess who did the audio commentary for it, buddy? I got some presents oh. for you. Get into Gate episode 223. We are talking Stargate SG1. The Get Into Gate team is here. Mitch, that's me speaking. Maddie, over to you. Hello, Daniel. See, I'm switching it up. Oh, hello. And oh, should, we should have done that. You could be one of each and you could have swapped mm. personalities. Uh, and Brendan. It's never been done before. Hey, mate. It really hasn't, but you when know. We do it, when we do it for real, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we'll do. Yeah. It's Michello part two. Oh, yeah. Oh, but Cooper wrote it, so it's homophobic too. Okay, look. <laughs> until you... I haven't even read the synopsis yet, but until you said that mm. a second ago, I did not read the credits when I watched this episode. I did not know that he directed it. First episode ever he directs. First of eight, I want to say. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into I it. Actually, I actually read all of his directing credits and I'm... A shame that I like one of them. (laughs) (laughs) As the synopsis reads, Vala reappears with important news. End of sentence. She learned that the Ori have steadily been building an army and constructing a fleet of ships and plan to stage a massive crusade. Now, SG-1 is left only with the uncertainty of their friend's safety and the doom they are soon to face. Don't need to tell you this, but I will again. Robert T. Cooper, written... And directed by... Yep, first of eight episodes. Jesus. Um, <laughs> as someone... Yes, I've seen this before. No, I don't remember it. But as someone who's not a big fan of Vala, that's been well covered on the podcast, mm. this is my favourite Vala because she's still Vala. She's still there sort of having a bit of a laugh, taking mm. the piss out of some situations. But in this but case... someone's... <laughs> but not at <laughs> no, the ex- they haven't. <laughs> not at the expense of the moment where, when there was shit to go down, mm. it went down, and she reacted accordingly, rather than her yeah. being there as some kind of ill-placed comic relief. Yeah. The, the only, the yeah. only thing that we didn't like, the only thing that she was holding up that we didn't care about mm. was. General Angry wanted to get to <laughs> yeah. his meeting. Yeah. And she's like, I'd like some ice cream and pancakes, please. Yes. Yeah. That's fine, because yeah. no one cares about General Angry or his mm, meeting. Mm. So I have a meeting. What, you don't care about the Aura galaxy, you daft prick? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think she was to me for a second the there, and I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but when she came, hard. when he came. And he said, he's like, Dr. Jackson and I have got to meet with the Chinese delegate. And I'm like, I bet Daniel wants to see the Chinese yeah, delegate. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Crazy you know Chow Mein, about. if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Their first date was wrought with danger and yeah. bugs. Mm, pop yeah. a spring roll in, if you know Just, what I mean. Uh, <laughs> Steamer dim simmer too. <laughs> pump some more Hong Kong mattress all night long. What? What? That itself is a throwback. Brennan said that the big wrap up the other Hong week. Hong Kong mattress. Yeah. I do not remember that. <laughs> oh, mate, get a bit of Barnsley up here, mate. Listen to Case Hand for God's sake. <laughs> oh 
Oh, is that a lyric in KSN? Yeah. yeah. It's like mean. a chorus, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm going to hit, hit some, some Hong, Hong Kong, Kong mattress, mattress all night long. long. Well, wow. Yeah, man. Jesus. Thank you, Barnsley. So, um, Joe Malozzi. Just, oh, yes. just put a little dig in and talks in this episode about how much he hates the fucking Ori ships that mm. I'm sure um, Rob C. Cooper designed as well. You'll never unsee it now that I now that you hear what I'm about to tell you because yep. I can't unsee okay. it now. Ori ships just look like a bunch of um, toilet seats. Toilet bowls, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Just a big giant toilet seat mm. flying around in space. Yep. No, I can see that. Yep. Suddenly it's, they've it's become... It's for Cooper to put all his scripts in. <laughs> <laughs> and another one for you. And another one for you. Here we go. I've got a, I've got a little bit of a present for you, Brennan. Oh, I can't wait. This is uh, Robert C. Cooper just talking about... just being oh, stop re- right there. Just being, <laughs> just being really, you know, um, non-egotistical and just being really, you know, demure about his, his uh, directing debut. Uh, let's see. What did I do on this? Uh, wrote, directed, oh. um, produced, gaffed. I did some gaffing. Well, no, I did see you go for craft service once. That's true. And handed out to the crew. Um, yeah, some, some first ADing. Um, we had some fun. It was uh, it was my first uh, attempt at directing, and uh, it was uh, it was uh, uh, quite an experience. Just so interesting, and tries to say, yeah. "Oh, I did some first ading, yeah, first assistant directing." For himself. That's, well, <laughs> That's directing, that mate. Sense. That's directing. If you're first assistant directing yourself, you're directing still. <laughs> See, it's been a while since I've been on a film set, and the, the like, I, I produce my executive producer. The assistant which is director me. is kind of like the yeah, when I've been on there, the way that they use this particular first, and it, it would be incorrect, I'm sure, but like that person was kind of like ushering everyone to get into a place to be basically directed. When he said that, I was thinking second unit director, which is, you know, the person that might go out there and get all the establishing yeah, shots, yeah. shots of extras, you know, ma- making up the shots in the back. But if whatever. you're the director, that's still that's, director. Yeah, that's what I was about yeah. to say. Yeah. Like, first unit or second unit, that's you're still the director. That's what I was about to say. I'm like, Robert, you can't be a second unit director when you mm. are the director. That's yeah. just directing. But yeah. that was wasn't what he was saying, but to be first, uh, sorry, yeah, first assistant director to himself. It's funny, like, to sit there Assistant to the director. <laughs> yeah. you got to be confident. Too. I mean, I know the credits are there, but you're like, yeah, I wrote it. Um, yeah, I edited it. I wrote the score and I did all this and blah, blah, blah. And everyone goes, yeah, it was a shit episode. He's like, well, there's a lot of people who spread the blame around to, of course. <laughs> um, it's a team effort. Oh, no, Maddie's got something to do with that. It was funny because uh, I started on the show as a, a story editor and, and uh, you know, I'd walk down the hall a year, many years ago and nobody really would know who I was and, and uh, you know, uh, you're around long enough and eventually you just get promoted. That's just what happens and eventually I end up in the corner office and I, I'm not entirely sure when that transition happened from, you know, people really not knowing who I was to people being intimidated by me and so it was a little, it, it was a little surprise to me uh, as I started through this process, A, that people were at all even uh, slightly intimidated uh, by the fact that I was now you know, going to be directing and on, and on the floor, but also that uh, you know, I was just a, kind of a regular guy. I mean, I think people were, were kind of surprised when I got into it and started talking to people about the filmmaking process that I, I as an executive producer, kind of had an understanding of what 
they do on a day-to-day basis. And I'm not saying I knew everything. Obviously, it was a learning process for me, but I think it helped, uh, you know, both myself and the crew to get a little closer together because we came to a sort of a more of a mutual understanding of each other's jobs. <laughs> can, you, um, can you underneath that whole thing in post, can you just put that song, Sit Down! Be humble. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, uh, the first thing that hit my mind listening to that was all the complaints we've heard either from his own commentary or you guys telling me about listening to the audio commentary where he criticises other directors' commentary saying, stop telling them stuff they don't want to hear. Talk about the show. Don't be fun and entertaining. Yet he's there spending... That was a sample, I'm sure, of a lot of minutes where he's he's doing audio commentary about his directorial debut, just talking about the fact that he directed it. Yeah, like, and we, what like what you I directed guys, it, and I was I was directing it. It's my first time. It's like good. Tell us how you set up that shot. Don't don't say this thing was a learning experience. Tell us what was uh, the best learning experience. Yes, I get yeah. that there's 40 minutes of the episode left to go, yeah. but he just wasted two there. Or if that, or if this shot was an ex- example of a learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. But instead he's and like, Do you know, people were intimidated by me. And it was so weird to find, and ever, literally yeah. every member of the crew would listen to that going, has anyone ever said, no, no, Robert, yeah. no one has ever said they're And I know what you. all of your jobs are, all you minions on the floor. Uh, yeah. I know what all of your jobs are, but by doing this, you got an idea of what my job is. Hmm. And Remember the- seven years ago yeah. when we're sitting around this table yeah. and I said, there's this guy called Robert C. Cooper. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. And what you don't know about that clip is that stuff like that. That's edited down. Yeah. That's me where I've cut out all the ums and ahs yeah. and pregnant pauses and stuff yeah. like that because otherwise it's just unlistenable. Mm. No, I was just going to say kind of off air too, there was a skit that they did on the Maddie John's radio show, which mm. they did as a podcast, and they had Buzz Aldrin come in <laughs> and they were going to talk to Buzz Aldrin and it's just like a long-winded thing of just him talking mm. and then and it was it was basically a, a skit and he's like... Shh, don't, don't, don't make fun of Buzz. And then like, can he hear us? No, I turned you mic, I turned the mics off. And then like, Buzz is still talking oh in the background. Oh god! Oh, uh, should we kind of just keep going with the show? Then yeah, just fade him out. And then they kind of, oh, let's see if Buzz is still on the line. It comes back and Buzz <laughs> is still talking. I'm like, I really want to do that with Cooper. That'd be yeah. fantastic. And this looks like a perfect episode to do it. So yeah. maybe we'll get all those ums and ahs and yeah. at the end yeah. we'll... Oh, we were here. We got interviewing Robert C. Cooper. Robert, thanks for joining us. What's um, been the best things you've done on Stargate? And then that's a perfect startup. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just like, I'm um, executive producer, director, writer. I'm probably the best. No, I was just a normal guy. He yeah. was like <laughs> so was. amazing. And he- like, Amazing. Even like if he was, I was taking a piss where he's like claiming to do everything and it was all an ego thing. But okay, let's say he was taking the piss and he's like, yeah, I wrote and directed it. No, oh, yeah, I did some uh, first ADing and uh, uh, you know, I story storyboarded I some gaffed. things. I gaffed. I did some gaffing. And then the other bloke there says, oh, and you even did craft services and you handed out some food to the crew. And he goes, Ah uh, no! Like yeah, <laughs> even I would never do that. Even like trying to even him joking about what he did on the set. He goes, yeah. "I won't even pretend. <laughs> I can't even fathom making fun of the idea that I would feed peasants." Yeah. Like, <laughs> and even and even it's petty, but it's even the way he says "floor." Like it makes sense yeah, right. that like. When like when I was working in retail, it's like you had you know you had receiving stuff at the back, and it's like and then you're on the shop floor, mm, yeah. and it's like it's like 
you know, when you're um you're doing a live production, it's like there's the stage and there's backstage, like it's pause. But the way he says it, it's like, oh, just down on the floor. Down yeah. on the floor with the peasants. Oh, with the normals. Yeah, I with was the normies. just a normal guy. And yeah, like I, I, I we spoke about it before, but I, I just couldn't believe that whole the just the whole opening gay joke. Like knowing what we know about Cooper mm. being pretty homophobic. Like to we've, then we've assumed that. Well, I mean, he he <laughs> all signs point to yes. The audio commentary specifically said he felt uncomfortable with Jack touching Teal'c's face because they were two men. Hmm. That's a direct quote from the audio commentary for um, Lost City. Yeah, it is um, kind of gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, just that whole thing where it's like where like Mitchell turns or Cam turns around and is just like. You want to tell me something, Jackson? Yeah. You're giving me the squirrely eye. Yeah. Like, and even, like, Shanksy was having so much fun there, just, yeah. like, throwing each shoulder around and smiling and sort of, like, twiddling with his fingers up under his chin and, yeah. Yeah, so, of course, it started with a gay joke. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really... I didn't find that funny. Yeah, like... Like, I liked what the actors were doing, but mm, I didn't yeah. laugh or anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, well... It wasn't funny. Like, it was just yeah. like, it was like, it was like, you sort of go, oh, It was oh, like wow. an amusing Because at that point, you don't know that it's scenario. So you're like, oh, what? Yeah. Daniel, why is Daniel acting this way? And obviously, retroactively, you go, oh, that's funny because it's Vala. Yeah, right. Like, because, it's, you know, Vala's, and Vala being a very sexual character, mm. of course, she's going to enjoy walking through the men's change room, cat, you know. And who shaves naked? <laughs> I don't think I even shaved naked at home. Well, I think he was wearing a towel, but. Well, the way he was, she was looking. They mm. them yeah. were looking. It was like they them PM. They them ZZPM. ZZPMs yeah. were looking. It was like his anus was right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought she was. She was more looking at the sausage. All right, maybe yeah. he shaves bottom to top. Sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Franks and beans. Yeah. Franks and beans. <laughs> How'd you get the beans, both Frank? <laughs> <laughs> Looks pretty fit though, Cam. Ben Browder's looking always, fit. Oh, yeah. yeah, Ben Browder Very always looks good. Mm. Yeah, definitely like that. I felt like I wasn't sure, but there was um, a moment there where I thought it, there was a Farscape reference here when, mm. when because Va- Vala's, she finally That's tells one. him that she's pregnant and then Crichton goes, who's the baby? I was like, that has to be a Farscape reference because I feel like that's the exact line in the movie. Where's the baby? Who's mm. the baby, Aaron? Where's the baby? Oh, I don't remember that. But doesn't he say who's the daddy? Doesn't he say who's the... No, you're right. He says who's the daddy. Oh, right, 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 but right. But that right. reminded me of that because... And then also that you don't know in Farscape either. Yeah, true. Yeah. You get a that's one for that. <laughs> Do we use okay. the same that's one? <laughs> I can give you some Farscape No, things. we need to, need to go through and find some... Um... I mean, the thing is, it's... Cam and Vala are both the Farscape people. Cool. So was Conatronia last oh, week. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Oh, no. Because it's you. Shut up. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's you. Um, Can I just say on that, um, sorry, that what we were just saying about like yeah, the, the, the flip and switch and why it's funny or if it's funny and stuff, I did mm. actually like, because I found myself during the, the I was going to say interrogation scene, but it was just like the, her retelling scene. I'm like, oh, occasionally we would go back and we would see the TV. You know, so we could hear both voices laid over the top of one another. Oh, I loved that. That that was was great. That was a really good way to do it. Because then obviously you're having to watch both actors 
perfectly mm. copy whoever did it first, the other one. Like that was all very I well matched up. I wanted to see the up. chocolate ice cream on Daniel's nose too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah for yeah, just for reasons. For personal reasons. Yeah, yeah. Personal yeah. Reasons. We don't even talk about that. That's fine. <laughs> but um. I'm sitting there going, oh, I wonder why they don't use like Daniel Moore, and I'm like, oh, I guess if you you know you want to have Claudia Black, you know you back mm. that you, you want to probably use her as well, much you as you can, pay her, right? So yeah, you, you could well, pay her, yeah. throw her in yeah. there. She's getting but a rate, then so you may as well put it away. The line where and what was I don't know whether it was the I'm pregnant or I'm having a baby or then I found out that I was whatever. That was where they just used Michael Shanks. There was no double screen situation. So you're like, Claudia Black, Claudia Black, Vala, 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 Vala. Cut to the male actor going, I'm pregnant. And it just was, again, not. it wasn't some kind of weird pre-trans joke or anything mm. like that. It was just like, it's... Not even yeah, like uh, yeah, because it was ridiculous. It was just ridiculous because you're you're watching for all intents and purposes. By that stage, you're so comfortable with the idea that Vala as a character and what she looks like was in that room. Cut to Landry or Mitchell mm. or whoever come back, and Daniel Jackson says, "I'm pregnant," and then it cut back to their confusion. And then it's Claudia Black going, yeah, obviously, obviously. I can be pregnant. You, why oh, wouldn't you, I be? Why can't you, oh, you can't and see only then at that point I'm like, oh, of course that's weird yeah. because they're looking at Daniel. Like when I was looking at Daniel as a viewer, I know that Daniel's not really there or rather she's not really there that it's Daniel, but I didn't quite see it the way they were seeing it because mm. they've only ever seen Daniel. And Horribly up, explaining it. But and I up until thought, that point, that's a great moment they'd also flip kind of not accentuated because – Claudia Black is pregnant in real life. That's why the pregnancy was written into the show. Oh. She was pregnant in real life. So unlike Carter, where they just shipped her off for six episodes, <laughs> yeah. uh, they went, oh, okay, we're going to build this into the show. Yeah. That Vala was, you know, immaculately impregnated or whatever. Yeah, but she still did get Just not... Just not to get the baby. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. She got that special She got that, special she got that dick. limp dick. Yeah, she got that limp dick, literally. <laughs> Um, no one knows what it's... Oh, no, that's Limp Biscuit. But, yeah, so it's like up until that point they hadn't really shot her belly, so Mm. you couldn't really tell that she was pregnant until they kind of, yeah, quote-unquote hung a lantern. Yeah, wow, okay. Yeah. Didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) So a little little fuck up on, well, I'd say quite a large fuck up on Robert C. Cooper's behalf with his shithouse writing, Mm -hmm. is if you do the math, now the only time we've ever been to the Ori Galaxy to those little towns has been Robert Cooper episodes because he wrote Avalon and Avalon Part 2 and whatever that third one was where, you know, Vala got burnt at the stake and all that kind of stuff. That was all Cooper stuff. And then this is the first time back in an, in the Ori Galaxy and Cooper wrote and directed this episode. Now, in Avalon, when Jackson and Vala are inside Harrod and Salas, he says, because there's the the ancient writing on the wall that says this is the home of Harrod and Salas, blah, 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 mm. you know, this whole thing. He says, okay, well, people in the Ori galaxy must speak ancient and the stones are translating for us. Mm. Well, Vala's physical body was sent to the Ori galaxy. Vala, yeah. Vala doesn't know ancient and she's just chatting in English with everybody. Whoopsie. Cooper! <laughs> What's that again? I wrote and directed and yeah, did everything and about this episode. Yeah, if it's I perfect, think. it's because of me. The I'm only thing was missing producer. was bugs. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Turns out Val-, Val gives birth to a bug. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was weird. Sperm you bugs. Like, yeah. <laughs> we sound alike. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, the... T- He's an idiot. Um, Cooper, <laughs> the, hat, the Landry scene annoyed me so Angry. much. 
Yeah. General Angry. General Angry. I need to talk to the German and Chinese consulate, whatever. Mm. It's like, who gives a fuck about them? Just say, if you need to go, go, mate. Yeah. Because mm. Daniel's been taken over by an alien entity, you yeah. kid. Remember when you had a go at Vala in like episode three or four when she was still connected to Daniel and you had to take her to that meeting and she sat on that guy's lap in a miniskirt and said he had a lap pinky? Yeah. So you don't want Vala to go in Daniel's body yeah. to this meeting. And see, so I just thought, I honestly thought, because the way we've always used Vala, I thought that is for sure what's going to happen. Mm. The reason why Landry now has spent three different scenes saying, "Hey, I need Daniel to come with me," so let's hurry this up and tell your story. I'm like, oh my god, we're going to get to a point where Vala is pleaded and instructed and begged, please act like Daniel, even if you don't mm. say anything. Act like Daniel, and she's not going to help herself, and she's going to make some weird sex joke to the Russian colonel or whatever. That's where we're going, and we didn't. But I feel like the any other time that we've ever used Vala, that's how we would have used her in yeah. this story. Yeah. So and I'm glad they didn't do that. Well, the the thing to me was why the the payoff for him telling her to hurry up was just to jump ahead. Anyway, I'm pregnant, mm. and they're like, "Whoa, jump so far ahead!" And yeah. whoa, and you wanted like, me to go ahead. Told you. And, I'm like, that was it? Mm. And now he's fine with hearing the rest? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there might be a sleazy sex story in here. And now, I don't know if maybe <laughs> I it was need addressed... more details. <laughs> I don't know if it was addressed in Avalon, but the whole reason Vala connected with Daniel is because of like, oh, they, he was the last one to use the stone. Mm. So yeah. that some, even though... But weren't, wasn't it Jack's stone? Like, it was Jack and... Um, and, and Homer. Homer's, Homer. No Homer. Uh, Joe. It was Jack and Joe's. So was there a line about how between Citizen Joe and Avalon they'd wiped the stones? Am I yeah, am I is that correct? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking far ahead. Otherwise, the- yeah. Otherwise theoretically Vala could have connected with Jack. Or Joe. Or Joe, yeah. Mm. Cutting, yeah. Back cutting hair. <laughs> Maybe he's got a job in Atlantis from last week. He cut Michael's hair. There you Perfect. go. There you go. Use the stones. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if he was just the SGC butler? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what's happening. Across the universe. Yes. Hey, it's canon now, guys. I'm sorry. Joe and his family. He's left uh, his family. His wife left him. He's like, yeah. all right, I'm going to go work at the SGC and just. No, but they told him that. They told. The yeah. wife, remember at the yeah. end, that, mm. but I mean, yeah, he was yeah. he got a taste a of the single life. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. He's, he's getting paid off now. Like yeah. he's he's going to be on the Air Force payroll, so they may as well put him to work. Yeah, yeah, he's going to Pizza true. Planet. Yeah. Oh, Pizza yes. Planet. He's like, I've been I've been there in my dreams. I just feel like I want to go there physically. Um. So we spoke about uh, General Angry and his whole thing with um the Russians and the Chinese and stuff like that. Mm. This was set up um back in Scourge with um. Bugs. No, yeah, the the chick from uh, Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. uh, And all that kind of stuff. And so now we get the payoff to that, knowing that the Russians and China have been kind of working together. Because if you remember back from whatever episode it was, the Russians own the Stargate and we're renting it off them. Yeah. Uh, Since we blew it up. We blew up ours and they had the second one that they found in the bottom of the ocean after Nemesis and the replicators and all Mm. that kind of stuff. So we've been renting it off them. Remember Daniel had the whole thing where he was like, just come with it. What? You know, it was when they had to rescue Teal'c, wasn't it? When he was stuck inside the gate, they're like forty-eight hours. Yeah, they're like, oh, they no, they hide oh, we need the, the DHD. we need the DHD. Come with yeah. it if you want. And then eventually we got the um, Stargate as well. 
So now we obviously we find out at the end of the episode we basically we finally bought it for the cost of a three hundred four. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but this is a little bit of audio I've been saving since Scourge since the audio commentary. That's cheap, isn't it? I mean, how many billions of dollars do the three hundred fours cost? Well, and do they promise- we sent five hundred billion to Ukraine. <laughs> You're really salty about that, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, um, what do you mean, we? <laughs> yeah. We're paying for it, bro. <laughs> We're um, doing a little bit of it. Is your interest rates going yeah, up? Well, maybe? yeah, yeah, I get it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Australia has $500 billion? <laughs> yeah. uh, we got the trillion dollar note from The Simpsons, yeah. which finally cashing it in. <laughs> was, it, was it one for, not to spoil anything, but it was like one for Russia, but China gets one too. So do we have to promise them both one, or was it to get China to back out? That or? was just so... Daniel didn't have to pay. <laughs> well, anyway, child endowments. Yes. Uh, this is from audio commentary from the Scourge of a wasted opportunity of what that whole storyline could have actually turned into. And again, maybe it would have if the show didn't sort of finish up next season. If Cooper didn't write this, maybe. And this little conversation uh, with uh, Shen foreshadows a bit what's what's upcoming, what what will basically happen in, in Crusade. You know, in that basically she's offering him, she's basically asking Daniel, you know, what if the Chinese government was were the ones running the Stargate program? You know, would you you know would you still be a part of it? And his response is, well, yeah, if you guys are, you know, if your aim is exploration, you know, and, you know, your end goal is to sort of better mankind in general, well, of course I would be a part of it. And she goes, okay, you know, I may hold you to that, and we kind of leave it at that. And then it's not till Crusade that we learn that the Russians have uh, essentially lent us the gate, they're renting us the gate, and they're going to take it back, and they've closed a backroom deal to have you know give the uh, Chinese the Stargate. You know, it's sort of like you know Monday Night Football moving from uh, you yeah. know from a, you know from ABC to ESPN. You know, and, but ultimately oh, we it. find out that it's, you know essentially the Russia was playing the Chinese against the Americans in order to get their hands on a new warship. But um, one of the story ideas that I've pitched out that I mean we haven't really discussed, and it may never come to fruition, is a possibility that unbeknownst to us, the Russians got the best of both worlds, and using the the Korolev, the, spa- the, the the battle cruiser that they end up getting uh, between the between the time they got it and and crusade they essentially set up the chinese in an off-world base with a gate so essentially the the, there's a sort of an isolated chinese base run by the chinese army that maybe we'll run across you know sometime in the uh in the near future so watch for that i mean i would have loved that i mean we kind of did it with the nid back in like season two or three when they had that off-site team that Jack like, pretended to join for a little mm. while. and But I'm like, that would have been cool. I don't know, like, a rogue group's one thing, and, you know, we're dealing with that and we have our, our issues with that, but I wonder whether, like, a different nation having... I mean, again, I, that you, I listened to that and I, I, I add it to the list of things that we've seen along the way in this rewatch going, that could be fodder for... A new season or a new series that mm. picks up in canon ten years after or whatever, the idea that yeah, Russia, China have planets out there that they've set up bases colonized and they've colonized. They're running missions or whatever and research and 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 finally um, some non-white people doing some colonizing. That's what I mean, right? Like, and that we've never known about it because mm. the galaxy's huge. <sighs> And that we come across them and it's them going, no, we've done it better. Not just the NID because they're representing, you know, whether it be politicians or rogue government agents or whatever, saying we know we could be doing a better job than the SGC. No, we've got Russia, we've got China, we've got whoever else going, no, we could do this better than America. 
and what that looks like and further just n- proving no matter how far we've come technically advanced or whatever that humanity is still so inferior to all these other races that you know we meet the asgard how many nations are there amongst the asgard yeah. I don't know. Like, we meet a couple of planets, one that, you know, basically blew themselves up a couple of weeks ago, where there's two nations. And the, the focal point of those two episodes and, and um, line, uh, uh, Jonas's planet, right? Like, yeah. the infighting in those planets, that's the focus on those stories. Ooh, is which it, is a tie into this episode. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the, the, those planets have two nations or two whatever that fight each other. And it's like, if only they could be better than that, that's their only issue in this entire planet. Yet, when we focus on in-world shit like this in on the in the SGC, well, America has got to do dealings with Russia, got to do dealings with China. We've got a whole committee that's represented all of Britain and a bunch of other um, <laughs> different nations that have got to be okay with what we're doing. The idea that we could that they could still not trust each other. They've gotten a ship so that they we got to keep the Stargate, but they're using that ship to allow another country that helped them get their ship set up different different bases. We promise we won't ever interact with one another. We're just going to be doing our own things. While the Americans think they're the only ones out there, sort of giving freedom to the galaxy. What does that look like in ten years' time? Yeah, where we show that hey, we're still not progressed, advanced. Uh, we haven't evolved enough to the point where we can act as a single species that we're still in fighting because oh, well, we know better than the other people. Like that's yeah. that would be an amazing thing to pick up on in ten years' time, like post season ten of SG One. Yeah, or, absolutely. I mean, it's even though that's the stuff like you said, some of that is has been cut out or can only be implied or whatever. But they could probably still. If they were going to make a new episode next year, they could pick up on a lot of that. And just because we didn't see or hear a lot of it, there's still enough there to go, oh, the building blocks are there that we could believe that all that shit did actually yeah, happen yeah, on screen. So There's nothing stopping Russia from just stealing a Stargate from a different planet either and using it whenever they want. What, on Earth? Well, they could, in theory, use it on Earth. Well, they did remember, like, and there was that problem where... Remember with Watergate? Well, yeah, but you just own. couldn't dial the yeah, they had, gate they had at a, the same time. They had to disconnect it or bury it or whatever yeah. every time so it didn't become the prominent one or whatever. Yeah. So, but I think that's what they're in, What Joe was inferring there in, the, in that commentary is that Russia just, you know, did an Atlantis expedition with a bunch of Chinese people, dumped them on a planet where there's a Stargate. Yeah. That's their alpha site. They can't gate back to Earth. Mm-hmm but they can gate to anywhere in the Milky Way galaxy and do all their own exploring. Yeah. And then, yeah, Russia could be doing the same thing and they have the benefit of having their own Daedalus-class ship mm. to do to what do what our Daedalus is doing is ferrying stuff back and forward to the Atlantis expedition is they could be doing that within the Milky Way, which is dangerous enough if you think about it. Mm. Like, given what the Russians have been doing in the galaxy previously, mm. um, it's a big leap of faith to be like, okay, here's, here's like the best thing we've ever made in the, in the form of a Daedalus-class ship. Mm. Where you go. Mm. Yeah, but that, that's what I mean. Like, the benefit of Russia stealing a gate from someone else is that they can use the Stargate anywhere. Like, you know how Apophis did that in Season 1 where he had the Stargate on the ship. That's oh, where we gate ship, to. Yeah. Then we're on the ship. Where Russians could do that as well. Mm. They could ferry things everywhere and then if they get close enough to a celestial body, they can gate places and gate back. And even the, even the Chinese can gate back to the ship you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. I guess it depends if they're that tech savvy, like they know the, like, cause obviously they don't have any real, any real world experience in the gate program. So I guess it's how much. Well, they have the, the Watergate 
stuff. But yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah. I guess yeah, it just depends on between that and the reports that they've been allowed to read coming out of the SGC. Yeah. How much of that stuff do they know? And I wonder how they did bury it. Did they have a burial iris and a normal iris? As long as you, there's just something through it, like a cardboard box. Yeah, you, <laughs> we you, said you that. push a cardboard box through it, and then it's not gonna. Yeah, I don't know. Not gonna connect. Or just maybe that maybe it's on a hand or a hinge and it just folds down into yeah. a stone thing. I don't know when they're not using it. Feels like a lot of work. Well, <laughs> they're Russian. Garage door. Like, <laughs> they're in a shed. They're in a shed in the middle of in Siberia. Yeah, I just wonder how they do it. Mm. Well, it'd be like Origins. It's just connected up to a big truck that they just that's true. Get some jumper cables and mm. yep. away they go. Some magic vines. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a f-ing waste of Michael Ironside in this episode. I was thinking that uh, up until and maybe it didn't get much better, but up until they revealed that he was a double agent, essentially yeah, like the head of the resistance. for the resistance. Because we, we never see him again. That's it. Yeah, right. One done. Yeah, okay. Because yeah, he's just like yelling, and I'm like, I believe this guy would be that guy that they're pretending that he is. Or, yeah, uh, but he would have made he such pretending. a good like recurring yeah. uh, like Kinsey style character, you know, but like he's like a general or a, or a colonel or whatever, or running a base or remember um, Michael Rooker when mm. he was in charge of that. Um, the, I mean, he again only did one episode. Yeah. But Michael Ironside. Oh, the, yeah. you're talking about the guy, the main guy. Seabus, the guy from like Star, Seabus, Starship yeah. Troopers, yeah. Total Recall. Cool. He was in Top Gun. Yeah. He was like the instructor guy in Top Gun. He was like, fuck you, Maverick. Hmm. Yeah, a legend. Yeah, yeah no, I he liked was him. cool. I, was, I knew I'd seen him in a million things. Mm. Was... Yeah, he's in everything. Although it was kind of, uh, it was kind of lame that Cooper didn't like redress the bar set because that's literally just the bar from Coup d'Etat, a mm. couple, like yeah. a couple of weeks ago, like just exactly the same. Like, don't redress. <laughs> well, even like narratively, I guess it 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 worked, but where Vala explains to. SG one and to the audience. Oh, it, I mean, we. I went to a place. It, it was so strikingly similar to that place that Daniel and I went to. Mm. I actually thought it was, but turns out it wasn't. But they've got close connections to those people. So and if has, this looks familiar to you, the audience, it's definitely not the same place. And the, the town is almost has the exact same name, just like three letters different. Yep. And if you haven't, don't think yeah. that they've got a feature in the middle of their town square where they could put someone that they're either going to yeah. burn to death or leave to starve to death, you are dead wrong. I wasn't in Brisbane. I was in Schmisbane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. funny how you telegraphed or had a premonition about the, that set. I remember the first time we saw that set, you were like, oh, I like the set. Mm. Um, get used to it. Yeah, like, get used to it. But yeah. <laughs> Um, this episode does have my favourite prior, though. This has got to be my favourite prior um, of the whole series um, that we see in this episode in that Schmrisbane, um village or whatever. Mm. He's actually, we were saying before when you mentioned Jonas's planet, he's one of the leaders of Jonas's planet. That's Commander Hale. Mm. From He was in Shadow Play and he was in Homecoming. They've just painted him up and he's a prior now. So, yeah. easy fix. I can't picture Sorted. him. Is he the one with uh, the eye? Like the bald, no, the bald, yeah, yeah, the one with the eye, the pry with the Arr. eye. And when he was in, when he was one of J- Jonas's people, he was just like bald with kind of the ginger hair around the side. Right. Command, he was the commander guy and like, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like him. 
He's a good. Um, he's a good prior. He gives. He gives good prior. And yeah, the fact that he's just got a munted eye for no reason. Yeah, so yeah. Like <laughs> and uh, from uh, my memory, uh, Vala's uh, husband, he. Toman? He, he's a he recurs. Yes. Right? Like he's around for a bit. Hey there, yeah. Jobin. Yeah. <laughs> and he does I, give a little bit like Nathan Fillion vibes, like discount Nathan Fillion yeah, vibes. Ooh. Yeah. He's short too. Wimpy Ho- and Nathan Toman. Fillion. Jobin. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I, he's another guy that I've seen in a in hundred things, but I always remember him as being the guy at the start of the first Blade film who um who gets? He's like the oh. ex-boyfriend of the of the lead actress in that film, and he gets mauled because his whole jugular ripped out in like yeah, one of the wow. opening scenes. Um, That's a nice connection, given that Atlanta shoots on the Blade Three set. Hey, there we go. Mm. Yep, yep. Um, the reveal scene with Valo explaining her pregnancy and it's an immaculate conception. She's like, "Oh my god, have you ever heard of anything like this?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, we've got." It. I mean, there's a whole like. Religious sect Darth among the Vader. world, and then just Teal just chimes in with Darth Vader. <laughs> oh, that shit floored me. I was so not good. expecting that because I was more focused on the on the trading looks between Carter yeah. and Mitchell, yeah. and who's going to be the one to say, "Yeah, we've heard of one." I'm like, "Oh, what? How much are they going to say about <laughs> Schmeezes?" And then he just drops Darth Vader, and yeah. I lost my shit. And then where well, she's like, "Oh, and how did that one work out?" And Teal, for the first time ever, had so much to say. He's like. Please Please let me talk to you yeah. about what happened. Because what was this? 2006. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith is already out. Yeah, yeah. He can explain everything to you. Yeah. He can explain the fall. He can yeah. explain the redemption. Yeah. I do. I do think it was weird to give Cam the line about Merlin and King Arthur and all that kind of stuff. I'm yeah. like, that's where you go. Like, oh, Daniel's not actually here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even though his body's here, he's not actually here. Because I'm like, of all the people that are going to bring up Schmeezus, it's mm. going to be Cam. Yeah. Like he's the you know <laughs> talking about his grandma and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Yeah. He's the most sort of. He's not. I don't think he's a Baba Basher, but he's the closest to a Baba Basher you're going to get. Yeah. yeah. Respectfully. I don't know. Agnostic of Texas or something. I oh, I mean, of the current been... of the you know of who's available. Mm. Yeah. He would have been. Flogged with a Bible, literally, when he was a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, by that regard, you know, also say Kinsey, like, there's only one God. There you go. You know, you know so. Yes, you're right. Yeah, but of the people available in the room, in the room, I'm yeah. like, well, Cam's obviously gonna be the one that's gonna talk about Schmeezes. Mm-hmm. Or, or, I like, I like Jeebus. <laughs> Jeebus, yeah. Jeebus. Yeah, I like Jeebus. If you're out there, save me, Jeebus. <laughs> save me, Jeebus. <laughs> this one's teriyaki style. <laughs> Yeah, I think I only realised toward the end of this, uh, I don't know whether it's back looking at the synopsis or something, the booklet mm. or whatever, and going, oh, shit, this is the second last episode of the season. Like, yeah, it is. And it's good because there was that episode a few weeks ago where I just felt like, hey, what are we doing here, guys? We've got, I don't mind, like a filler episode to sort of give us a bit of a breather between like the overall narrative of the season, but I feel like it was a real handbrake. Mm. And then two weeks ago, well, last week on, on SG1, this week and then next week. Not this week and last week's, not necessarily, uh, they don't necessarily follow each other by any means, mm. but there's enough stuff that's been happening clearly over the last couple of episodes where you go, oh, that was planted there to breathe and breathe in life something that's yeah. in, late in this episode, probably more in the in the finale. And last yeah, week was like part one of a trilogy in a way, like small or large, there's been a lot, Happening behind the scenes over the last couple of weeks, yeah, well, and all right, of a sudden, the last big aura episode would have been episode eleven, which mm. was the Fourth Horseman Part Two, because then it was Collateral Damage, which was um, <laughs> uh, the memory stuff with Cam, Ripple Effect, alternate SG ones, 
Strongholds. I never remember what that one is. It's oh. where they have the the ship with the ball. No, no, that's off ball. the grid. Stronghold was um, pizza sex in the in the hospital bed, and then Tilk with the oh, brain Tilk was, and the brainwashing. Yeah, mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry, yeah, but I was in. I was thinking of um, off the grid. Then you got Ethan, which is the the destruction of Prometheus. Off the grid, which is Baal again. Uh, the Scourge, which is just bugs, and then Arthur's mantle. So yeah, yeah it's kind of the first big um, mm. Ori thing since since the <clears throat> mid season for the <laughs> And it's funny, like I know we, we've dealt with this problem with the uh, with the gold before, but further sort of makes you laugh at the idea of the, the you know the power of belief and all that sort of thing with these guys that are lining up to be soldiers and, and man these ships to go and fight for these gods that they think are all powerful and can do anything they want. It's like, well, if they could do anything they want, why would you need to jump mm. into a physical ship to go and fight people that they could just destroy it's, with it's a thought, right? Almost, it's almost the equivalent of saying, hey, if you believe in an omnipotent sky bully, yeah. why do you have to go to a particular building on a particular day exactly, and put money in a basket? And then not go to hell. They kind of sprinkled something, I forget the exact line, but about the Ori and the need to be believed in. Mm. And it's obviously something we don't know yet about the Ori. So, I mean, first timers, I mean, anything. Um, but No, I think Orlan gave a little bit of information in Fourth Horseman where, yeah, okay. he, where he said. Oh, no, of course he did. Sorry. Yeah, he said. They need. They need the, the belief to give them power. Yeah. They tell their followers they're going to ascend them, mm. but then they don't yeah. because they don't want to share that power yeah. that the belief gives them. So I guess it's sort of like it, it's a weird cycle where it's like they, the stories around them, they don't need their followers to go and fight their battles for them. So the fact that these followers and these soldiers are going to do the Ori's dirty work for them should be all the proof they need that these all-powerful gods are not all-powerful. Otherwise, mm. they could just do that work by themselves. But by them going to do the dirty work and put more belief into the Ori, that belief is making the Ori more powerful and in turn making them powerful enough to be able to do more things that these believers already believe that they can do. Real-world allegory. Absolutely. But so, they can't see it. The believers mm. can't see it because yeah. their faith blinds them. Yeah, mm. I mean, they should have just believed and they saw that the uh, to- the uh, ships were shaped like toilet seats. Yeah. like a guide wouldn't design that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, I actually don't mind. I don't mind them too much. Nah. They are different. Like what I, I appreciate yeah. is how unique they are. But they it's are like, hey, different. we've spent eight years with triangles. Now we're going to have circles. Yeah, so and the they thing look like they got oils like, right? They oh, look like, like they look like they're like giant yeah, arcs like yeah. that with uh, with wooden oils. I thought, oh, they're giant stargates. Yeah, inside. That's what I thought when uh, I first saw yeah. him, and I'm like, oh, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, but, well, it, that'd be cool. But it yeah. also it, that does remind me. Obviously, there's the revelation in this episode that there's obviously a working super gate mm. somewhere in the Milky Way galaxy for all these ships to be, um, yeah. on their way. But you know, the meeting is more important. Yeah. So give bring Daniel back. Look, here's the most important, but this is the one. This is the most important part of the entire episode. The unstable vortex of a forming wormhole. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard you call it that before. Really? Don't get me wrong, it's good. Yeah. Kawoosh, baby. Perfection. It's canon. Kawoosh. And I heard that and I'm like, how is that? That's really not been a thing up until now. Like, obviously I'm doing a rewatch, so Mm. that word 
I've gotten used to from the but first I, time watched I'm it. Pretty from sure stuff, we used to call it Kush before this season. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's a, like a fan. It's thing. a That's word I mean, that fans been, created. They've yeah. adapted. Even, even adopted. they yeah. use behind the scenes yeah. to describe yes. the unstable right, 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 right. yes. Like I feel like there's like season three or season four audio commentaries where they talk about the Kush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've never said it in in, yeah. um, in the actual show. Yeah, yeah. I think which is yeah, which is what the joke was when he's like, "You've never heard that." Yeah. Um, not in the reports. <laughs> and uh, if, uh, if if we're done, I thought we can um, we can go out on. Um, I've got a little a little extra present for you guys. Given that you two have been to like film schools and stuff like that, and know a little bit about filmmaking, God, yeah. just just Cooper and just his wonderful like just rebellious. He's like, you know what? I'm going to direct things however I want to direct them. Now the, there's a there's some rules apparently. Uh, I'm told, anyways, to to filmmaking and to the way you're supposed to block scenes. Uh, <laughs> that uh, apparently we broke uh, here in 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 or at least sort of walked a, a dangerous line with, and that in that you're you're really sort of supposed to pick a side, and, and you're supposed to match eye lines oh so that God. so that it looks as though people are. <laughs> I know what they do on the floor. Uh, at each other in the frame, it's kind of a little bit of a trick. But it's in no this trick. case, we did something called splitting the eye line across the frame, which a lot which you know, in, in one of the effects that that has is it, it, it kind of brings you dangerously close to introducing the camera into the scene, and uh, you're always sort of very wary of, uh, of of bringing the camera into the scene because you're making the audience aware that, that there's a camera there. But in this case, that was a a very intentional choice in order to uh, bring the audience into the story, to make them feel like they were one of the people in the room listening to this, the story that Vala was telling. And in fact, she almost, you know, comes dangerously close to looking right into the camera on occasion. And that, and that was, was a real choice we kind of talked about. Whether, whether it really works and whether it just makes you feel uncomfortable, there's an example of it, uh, or whether it... it um, you know, uh, had the effect it did is sort of up to, up to the people watching to decide. You're a f***ing idiot. I'm, <laughs> I'm such a rebel. Apparently there's like things, there's like um, laws of filmmaking that I know, but they told me later that you're not meant to break them, but I did it on purpose. It's like a kid rollerblading and falls over and tells you he'd meant that. Yeah. <laughs> James Cameron who? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't follow these rules. I know what they do on the floor and it doesn't look hard. What a flog. <laughs> it's a trick. It's a in trick. In filmmaking where you have characters he looking at each other within yeah. the story and you shoot one side for one actor and the other side of one actor. So yeah. it's kind of like if you put two TV screens together, it would actually look like two people in real world looking at one another as opposed to just shooting the right side of the face of both actors because yeah. then it doesn't look like they're actually looking at each other. What the f- you talking about? Yeah, apparently. Like, yes, we, we she was dangerously close to looking in the camera. Yeah. Well, yeah, but she's a professional, so she didn't. Yeah. Fucking, this, what a fucking idiot! Do we want to talk about all the other things that almost happened? <laughs> apparently, there's apparently there's a thing in filmmaking where you do like a master shot where you establish the space so the people watching know where everyone is located in the scene. So when you cut into smaller close-ups, you know where they're looking. Oh, but God. apparently, that's a rule that I don't. I don't really. But do. the thing is, like. If someone fucks up and it's obvious to you or I that they actually, instead of going back and reshooting it, they will mirror the image. Like mm. they'll flip the image yeah. vertically. They've done it in the show. Oh, like um, yeah, vertically. Mm. There, there's there's that Jonas and Teal episode where they're both in a in a Hummer in a Humvee, 
and they flipped Teal. They just so they didn't have to reset the shot. Yeah, they just took Jonas out of his chair, put Teal in it, and flipped the image mm. because you, the, you can was, see the yeah yeah. It, it unless you look really really close, it is M is Emma on his head. He and, pretty and it much... depends on the person's face if they're symmetrical. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. Like Michelle Pfeiffer, you wouldn't notice. Apparently, she has the most symmetrical face. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Which is nice because she's hot. I'm going also... to. I'm going to movie world next week, and apparently they've got a hat, and it's her. Um, Hello there, hell here. Oh, nice. On the hat, oh. it's got all the stitching on it. Sick. And then it's got little ears on it. <laughs> I'm totally buying one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Dude, she was so fucking hot, eh? Oh. <laughs> Dude, incredible! Every time I watch one of her movies, I'm like, oh man. Yeah. No Although I watched Mad Crush on that show. Uh, is it Scarface? Yes. Oh, she's too skinny. In yeah, that. she's yeah. way too skinny. Like, you're just unhealthily skinny looking yeah. in that film. I mean, which worked because she's supposed to be cocaine. Addict. Well, that's true. Yeah, she's a crackhead, <laughs> so I guess that makes sense. But yeah, no. fucking Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> it's just annoyed me now. Yeah. Officially hate this episode. <laughs> Jobin, Jobin was too short. That's the only thing I'd... Oh, oh no, the other thing that. was... The thing was, to me, you know when um, you're talking about your mate, the the actor that you like, who died? Oh, oh did he die? Yeah. I've actually forgot, I forgot about that. Michael Ironside. Yeah, yeah Michael Ironside died. <laughs> I don't remember that. He got shot. Was that on the cliff? Right in the face. Was that on <laughs> no, the, they went... They went. They left from the cliff, yeah. and then went. That's when they were, went to get the uh, the rocks, or whatever they call. Oh, uh, yep. And put them into the pedestal thing. Oh, and so then, they... then Aaron Sun could go back. To the... Right, and then they. That's when they like shot it, and then when, that's yeah, when, but like when Vala lock the door, bro. <laughs> yeah, or go upstairs, or like yeah, it's put, a public... put her in a bedroom, and yeah, it's, it's a, a bar, it's a, a bar. public space. Oh, uh, yeah. should we? Mer- nah, this will do. They're like they're gonna be ages. Should we lock the door? No. <laughs> no Close the no windows. Need. Nah. No need. Nah. To. We look guilty if they fine. come here and the doors yeah. are locked. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like we're closed. Yeah, we're supposed <laughs> to be procrastinating or whatever. Yeah, we're maybe doing. we should do this during our off hours or something like that when the bar's closed. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of dumbasses. And then yeah, they all die. They all get shot by Jobin. Except for Vala. And then yeah, because she's like, they made me do it. I'm like, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. That's a good, that was it was good. actually good bullshit. Yeah. She does think on her feet well. And she took yeah. a mad gamble. Like, did the pride did the pride tell you that I was here and to come yeah. kill me? No. Well, there you go. See, there obviously, go. I'm telling yeah. the truth. Otherwise, I'm sure he would have done it because, you know. wants my belly. All I, powerful. I do want to know, though, what, what injury can you have that gives you a, a limpy leg but also makes you incapable of fathering children? Don't know. Limp dick. <laughs> but also too like the prior just like just destroying dreams there like he's like oh, I, yeah, I what a sh- like, he's like yeah he goes yeah. interesting though that I've got a baby yep yeah. mm. do you do you though what do you mean I don't right. want to be Maury Povich in this sort of thing but you are not the father <laughs> and who's your daddy but what? also what you- was the point because That's- the prior knows that the Ori were the ones that put the baby in there so yeah, but- what but he says yeah. that, that's what I mean. He goes, oh, so um, just so to let you know that, th- I mean, I cured that thing, but prior to me curing it, but 
so before the curing, but after you think you get impregnant. Yeah, it doesn't really match up. It's not your baby. And he's like, what? And he goes, oh, don't worry about it, though. Like, it's totally, it's a prior thing. The priors gave it to you. So I could have just told you that that baby was a gift from the priors. Yeah. That's why you were allowed to have it, why your wife was allowed to conceive. But um, just that I'd throw in a little bit of spice yeah. and tell you that you're actually incapable of fathering yeah. children. And to, make, to make you think that she cheated on you and lied to you, but we actually put the baby in there. But at no point does does that confirm to mm. to Jobin that <laughs> that Vala knew that mm. she was pregnant yep. before, and that's what she covered. That fucked? I think that was the best part of what she covered when she's like, "I was listening to that whole conversation today, and I would have said to you, but I was just." So shocked by what he said. But, I mean, I guess this is just a gift from the Ori and we should just revel in their their wisdom and their all-powerfulness. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're such a talented liar because this dick mm. is ready to believe anything that you are saying. Yeah. So that, that's what is annoying as well Whips. because then the prior knows that don't, – don't they know that she's an unbeliever? Yeah. Because she came so. from the Milky Way. They, mm. knew, yeah. they know that. Mm means to an end at this point i mean i don't know and then it's like well they know but she's also like the woman who fell from the stars like in that town mm. yeah they don't know anything about her history they just know that she was found one day in the rings yeah but they so why would and then she found out the rest of the town thinks she's a heartlet from another <laughs> yeah town. but yeah. then why would like yeah it, it was it was weird it doesn't make any sense no. when you actually stop and think about mm. it yeah none of that makes sense yeah why is she? Why is she pregnant? Because the prior, like, the priors made her pregnant. Okay, fine. Why? Why? For Jobin and like, because it's like it's cool. Don't yeah, worry about it. But then why? <laughs> why tell Jobin and make Jobin suspicious of he her? He was being a bro. He's like, yeah. oh, bro. Also, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. All I'm saying is, you can get unprotected sex forever, mate. It's not gonna, yeah. you know. And also, the last time we saw Vala, she was on the rings on the um, cargo ship. Yeah, yeah. And then they talk about how like the energy signal went out and potentially went through the, through the wormhole. The supergate. Yeah. Which is what we know. But then she's found on rings on a planet. Near the supergate? <laughs> but were were they gonna use that planet? Were they gonna destroy that planet to make the wormhole? You know how like they have oh, to like yeah. black hole it. Black hole it? Were mm. they gonna black hole that planet to do that and then failed? And then that's why she ended up on that planet. So all those people on that planet potentially were going to be dead anyway. No way. Oh, I don't, know. I don't think Cooper thought about that. <laughs> yeah, like she just she just showed up on a, in a set of rings. Yeah, that's crazy. And they say they say Toman found her in a set of rings. And she said that too. Yeah, like in the plains of Celestis, or I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I don't think it was. I think it was like just down the road yeah. a bit. Oh, look what I found. Yeah, she just. You're my wife. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, I'm not. Get your limp dick away from me, you <laughs> lazy I mean, eyed psycho. Fair, I mean, to be fair, if, if, if Claudia Black let me in her bed, I would just be like, I'll be yes dearing whatever she said. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, she didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't have to, but. Yeah, but she, like, why did she? <sighs> I don't know. He's, he's a nice he's guy. Yeah. I love that. Like, she's just come back. She's like, he was just. He's just so sweet. He's, he's the sweetest life. man. He's so wholesome. In another life. 
oh my god, everyone looked down on him, and I was just like, no, he's better than that. And so, no, I speak English. And, and then they also, speak, just give such I good, have um, rooted so many blokes over the last yeah. couple of months, and I just needed a baby daddy for Ooh, my baby. Yeah. He just gives such good like uh, golden retriever energy. Mm. Yeah, you know? he's just like a little puppy, just following her around. Maybe she, maybe she did get knocked up. Like before she came back to Earth, and maybe went, one of the priors just. Oh, maybe just, he. Yeah, maybe oh. she was asleep, and he just yeah. Cosby'd her. Yep. And then Straight Jobin up. found her in the ring. I gave her the baby Jobin. Yeah. And it Jobin's was the, like, um, no. It was the Orisai, that yeah. Orisai guy. He Your just, balls don't work, mine do. Mm. Yeah, that's what it was. The the flame thing Prior was cool balls. though, where she's in bed and there's like the big fire, the fire face. That was pretty oh, cool. Yeah, that was that very really, cool. Really cool. Mm. Was that oh, a dream? Was that the ince- the conception? Like, is that what that was? Oh, I didn't get that. I feel like it was a dream, but yeah. she was like impregnated in her dream. But God, was she already pregnant by that point? Less scary ways to know. impregnate a woman. But again, they never say why they chose her. Doesn't mm. matter. Yeah, it doesn't, like, out of anyone in that galaxy, mm, they yeah. chose the Milky Way slut. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it kind of would have made more sense if, like, They'd found her in Celeste, like when she transported through, yeah. they found her, impregnated Duh. her, yeah, and then left her on the side of the road at that, yeah. t- at Sh- uh, Schmrisbane. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they, they presumably impregnated her after she kind of woke up and was living in Schmrisbane for a while. Mm. Yeah, because it was a while. Yeah. So, why? Like, how long has it been since the mid season? Well, no, it wasn't even that. It was like episode. Six is when it was beachhead. So it was a while. Yeah. Hmm. So it's been six months, right? At least. And she's only. Well, doesn't doesn't spoiler alert. At the end of next week or the beginning of season ten is when she the next... squirts. Yeah, drops the sprog, so to speak. Yeah. One bloke said that to me once. Oh, I was yeah. like, "Dude, that's your child." Now I know where it's yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. Hire some more Firefly actors. Hey. <laughs> spoiler alert. But the guy who's already seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I remember. Yep. Yeah. Best fish taco I've ever had in my life. God, those tortillas were incredible. Yeah, they make them in-house. It sets up the flavor for the whole dish. You know what? I just realized something. I never even asked you if you were interested in buying a house. Oh, no. No, why would I be? Well, it's just when you called me back, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about real estate. or. You just seem like a good dude. I thought I'd see if you wanted to grab a beer, that's all. I'm glad you called. Get home safe, Pistol. You got it, Jobin. What? Oh, that's why. <laughs> Not nothing. Oh, what'd you say? I don't know. You call you nicknamed me Pistol, and I just called you Jobin. It means nothing. I don't. I'm drunk. I'm gonna call a cab. <laughs> All right, man. You have my number, yeah? I got you stored in my iPhone. <laughs> if you need me, call, okay? Oh, man, I'm golden. Yeah. All right, bud. All right, man. Have a good night. That is such a good movie. <laughs> it's so good, man. So, I was that, wondering I where you got Jobin from. Was it? I, love I love you, man. man. Yeah. I love you, man. So, yeah. just, it really does emphasize, like, 
men of a certain age like how we make friends. Yeah. Like after if you like you don't know someone from like high school or work or something like that. It's like how do you yeah. actually make hey, friends? Jobin. <laughs> I was wondering where you pulled Jobin know. from. It seems so specific. <laughs> I've had those moments too. Where you just say something like, I'm yeah, a, I hope uh, the person didn't know. just hear that. I what you no, what'd you say? Uh you can't nickname me pistol, so I just called you Jobin. <laughs> That's him now. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> now he can be Joe. Now his pistol works, see? Now it's all coming together. Right. Jobin's pistol oh. got fixed. Oh, you go. Whew. All right, I'm done. All Let's right. get the f out of here. Get into geek. Get into gate. Get into gate, Stargate podcast. Get into it now before it's too late. You got it, Jobin. <laughs>